Welcome to another episode of ASX Market Goss. For no more than 30 minutes, we dig a little deeper with ASX listed small cap companies. They're focused on the future, the highs and lows, and what next. Now, part of the conversation is to get to know our guests at a personal level, experiences, mentors, slips and slides, even down to their coffee of choice and life away from the industry. Again, like last week, today's guest is a little different. Jim Allenby is the Managing Director of Harvate ESG, and he joins us in the studio. Thanks for coming in, Jimmy. Most welcome. Great to be here. Take two. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, hopefully a bit better luck this time. <laughs> <laughs> Good to have you in. Just tell us a bit about Parvate ESG, our listeners who are tuning in for the first time. Uh, you're very big in the social space. I do see a lot of social media about Parvate and what you're about, but what about our listeners? Yeah. Parvate ESG started um, just over three years ago. I think we're one of the first ESG consulting and advisory firms in, in WA um, and one of the first in Australia. It's a... Um, emerging space and, and changes quite literally daily at the moment. So we, um, you know, we have to stay up to date with what's happening and, and a lot of our clients are, are junior ASX listed clients. So, um, quite topical to be on the show with you and, um, and, and obviously the team at Market Open, which, you know, is where we got the introduction. So, um, we basically specialize in getting companies started on their ESG journey. Um, big focus on education. Uh, for the boards, directors, um, MDs, chairs, generally they get asked by investors, what are they doing about ESG? So it's quite nice for them to have a, an answer that makes sense. Um, so a lot of our work's around, yeah, as I say, education, getting people started. And then when they find out what they're looking for, just really executing those strategies and whether that's funding or, you know, publicity or, or looking after stakeholders or, or attracting staff, um, we try and obviously tailor what we do based on the outcomes. But you know, it's, it's a field that not a lot of people know much about. We, we just know it's coming and it's coming pretty quick. So I think, you know, trying to be pragmatic and, and not scare people is a really important part of it. And, um, you know, we're in a fascinating time and we're, we're just loving every minute of it at the moment over at Parvo. No doubt about that. And we're talking about environmental, social and governance. Uh, again, are they divided up in 33.333% of each uh, of importance or do you find the balance... No, it's not quite like that. I think it depends on on your on sort of your outcomes, but certainly here in Australia, I think the the environmental side of it's so important now. The the race to net zero, um, there's a lot of climate change legislation coming in. There's a lot of funding based on your climate performance and and what you're doing. Um, but certainly, what we say a lot is you know it does come down to governance and the leadership of the business um, or or the company. And and if if the leadership's not right, then it's going to be hard to execute many strategies, let alone a a new one like ESG. So, you know, in, in terms of what a company needs in place, environmental is so important for them just because of the the rules and regulations. Um, we all want the planet to be around for longer. So obviously it's so important. Um, but then, you know, as you said at the start, our passion is really around the social side of things, um, looking after people. And, you know, my my past was, was based on that. And certainly a lot of um, my non-playing career in sport was based around, you know, looking after communities. So that's something personally I'm, you know, I really care about. So no, it's not a third, a third, a third. It's um, it like everything starts at the top, but you know, a company now wanting to get started w- would need to consider environmental as probably the main focus in the short term. So when you and we we, we see small cap companies or any mining companies, and they've got senior, um, more experienced people at the helm, are they the hardest ones to educate and re-educate? Because this is not the this is not the world that they've lived in to this point. And you talk about your company's been going for the last three years, but the the the, the speed in which ESG is starting to really have an impact and, and the importance of it, how hard is it to convince those almost rusted on 
mining people in that space that this is important and how are they responding to that? Yeah, it's, it's not, um, it's not as hard as it was three years ago. Um, there was a lot of cynicism around at the start and I completely understand that. Um, and that's probably fair enough because they have to look after the business and their shareholders and stakeholders. Um, so this need, they needed to be sure that this was good for the company and, and good for shareholders. Um, it's not, it's not as difficult as it was. It, it's still difficult. And there's still a lot of preconceived ideas that this is a, a movement that, um, it, you know, it's whether it's greenies or it's, you know, wh whatever it is, it, that's not what ESG is about. Phase and it won't last long. Yeah. And that probably was the argument at the start. Um, and now I think it's pretty well accepted that it's, it's a phase that's only just beginning, um, and it's going to get stronger and stronger. So look, I think as long as you don't go into a company, especially with some really experienced and, and competent, um, older members, I mean, you can call them rusted on, I won't. Um, if you can go in there and, and sort of not blame them for ruining the world by mining, um, that's quite a good start. Uh, and certainly we see some people talk about ESG in quite a blamey sort of way. And, and I think our point of difference has been, we come in and try and show the positives and the, and the business outcomes that are, you know, high performance. Uh, people tend to like that a bit more than being told they're ruining the world. So that, that's a good starting point. Um, and once you get into a conversation with people, they generally find out this is just what they would like to be doing anyway. And just giving them some strategy around it is quite comforting, I think. So I've really noticed probably the last six months, there's just been a, a big appetite to learn more about this before they start executing whatever strategy or, or metrics they need to put in place. And that certainly suits my, my mindset as a, you know, as a, as a former cricket player and, and a coach is sort of guiding people through things and problem solving that that's what this industry is at the moment. And in a few years time, it'll be business as normal, but right now we're in a big educational phase. You talked about the social side of things. Uh, we're talking to Tim Allenby, Managing Director of Palm ADSG. Just tells me about the, the social, how important it is and, and that, uh, when you are speaking to companies about coming on board, is that one area that requires a lot more attention than they realize? Do they not, do they understand the, the importance of that for them in regards to building their brand? Yeah, it, it's a really important part of it. I think, you know, a couple of examples, and I believe you had um, Peter from PKF on last week. One of the main reasons it's been a strong partnership for us is they need to attract and retain, you know, key staff. And people care about ESG, especially the younger generation, is them being engaged in ESG and, and they've been great partners to have. They're looking at it as a way of, you know, improving their brand, as you say, attracting and retaining staff and, and remaining, remaining modern and um, relevant. And I think if we don't care about this stuff or don't show we care and, and put actions in place, then we, we risk falling behind. Um, the other side of that is I was down in Albany a couple of weeks ago, talking to the chamber of commerce, um, with all the farmers and the various businesses down there, which was fascinating and, and probably not the most cynical crowd I've been in front of, but you know, in, in the, in the top couple and they are trying to get organizations that come into Albany to provide more back to the community more than just the odd footy jumper or, you know, a sign at the, at the footy ground for a couple hundred bucks, they're sort of wanting some real sort of social outcomes of, of people coming down and, and working in their communities. And that's no different, obviously in the mining town. So I think the days of, of giving, uh, you know, a sporting club, a few hundred bucks for, for jerseys or, you know, the, the footy team, a couple of, a couple of beers on a Thursday night, you, we need to see a few more sort of social outcomes that lead to either jobs well-being, things like that. So it's just a way of making sure there is a, um, there is a direct benefit to the community you work within or your employees or your, you know, various stakeholders. Um, and, and people see the benefits in that when they get it right. How many clients have Parvone ESG got? 
uh, 40 at the moment. Um, I think we just ticked over 40 this week. Um, we have a, a great new partnership we've announced with, with Gale Tech, which is a renewables company, which takes us, you know, into, you know, gosh knows how many they're, they're a worldwide firm. So yeah, we mainly listed companies, but we've seen a really big push in, um, people are on the supply chain to listed companies now. They, they need to have some sort of ESG performance in place. So yeah, we've, we've grown pretty quick. Um, you know, our staff's increased tenfold in the last or well, nine months. Tell us about your staff. And, and again, we were going to do this podcast, I don't know how many months ago now, three, four months ago. And I've just kept a fairly closer eye on Parvate. It's probably been good for me to actually sit back and see more of Parvate's work through the social aspects of it, through either LinkedIn or your, your own social, personal social media and the like. Um, how quickly it's grown and you just talk about where this company could go. I mean, are you ready for the, for the bust and how many people work with you? Yeah. Whether we're ready for the bus or not, we'll soon find out. We've, we've spent a lot of this year preparing our own capabilities. I think we were aware that the market, um, a lot of the market's ready to engage in ESG, but a lot of the market know they're going to have to. Um, so that's where, where our responsibility is to make sure, or my responsibility is to make sure the business is ready to scale. So we've employed since we had our failed attempt at the podcast last time, I think we've employed four new people, um, which we're really proud about. Um, in, in a, in a jobs market where a lot of people say they're struggling to find staff and find, um, talent, I've found quite the opposite. We have a lot of people wanting to work for us because they love the idea of ESG and helping companies get on this sustainability sort of journey. So we've had, yeah, four, four start just in the last few months mainly from the accounting and finance background, um, a lot of sort of business performance consultants who have really wanted to get into this space, um, a couple of teachers who, who love teaching, um, and that goes to our educational sort of aspect of our business. So we're, we're growing quite quickly. Um, we have to grow with partnerships because there's just no way we can have enough people to, to service everyone ourselves. But, you know, we're so proud of the people we've brought in and, um, you know, having that, I guess, supply of people who want to work for us makes it, you know, a bit easier to be not picky, but certainly, um, have expectations of our, of our staff. So I think we're ready for what comes next. Uh, and we have built our capability as such. So we're sort of just continue to, to gain more clients and get better every time we, we service someone. Yeah. I love your chats, Tim. You're incredibly positive And it's, uh, again, like so many of our guests always walk away. Uh, walking on air when I talk about people with uh, their knowledge in this space, Jim Allenby is our managing director of Parvate ESG. Um, let's talk about what are you most, uh, what, what are you getting asked the most at Parvate? Getting asked the most is what is ESG and how do we do it? <laughs> That's quite a simple one. Um, it's yeah, it's still that, that educational part is still, is still happening. I probably thought the second half of this year was going to accelerate as it has and, and, and it is. So we're just getting asked, how do we get started? What do we need to do and where is the industry going? So are you ahead of the curve at Parvate? Are, are you, you're in this space and you talked about spend three years and there's probably other companies that are in this space as well, but are you, do you feel like you have got in at ground zero with this? I, I think we got in below ground zero yeah. and, and I think we were Me too. You know, probably a year or so early. Luckily, you know, that the board at Parvate are very supportive and, and understand what we're trying to do. So that's just been a massive, obviously positive for me. Um, but the, the, yes, short answer is yes, we are ahead of the curve. What we've had to do is come back. Um, I, you know, like everything I try and do, you, you try and do everything all at once and you're going to solve every problem in the first week and realizing that not everyone was ready for the whole process or the whole journey. You, you just need to break it down into bite-sized pieces, which is the start, the middle and the end. 
So we're very much in the start phase with pretty much every company we work with and they just want to know what they need to do so they can get started and um, how they can provide their board with some information so that they can get better. Um, so that's that's what we do mostly. Um, and then you have the the other side of the market, which is people want ESG funding. So we are lucky to have a partnership with an ESG fund. So that, that advantage of that knowledge is is great. So we, a number of our clients have come in looking for funding from ESG funds and they've had to go through a process with us to make sure they're compliant. So Who's that with? So there's a fund called Eden Asset Management. How's that launching. Not? Yeah, it's going well. It's been a long process. Uh, I never thought in my wildest dreams I'd be part of a compliance for an EU-based USITS fund. I didn't even know what that was six months ago. So that's been uh, a lot of sleepless nights for, for all of us. And, and we're very ambitious about where that's going to end up. We're, we're weeks away from, from launching now. So it's very exciting. Um, but it's, you know, alongside running Parvate, trying to get this fund up and running with with the team over at Eden has been, um, it's been challenging, but in a great way, cause I've just learned so much about things. I, I had no idea about at the start and you know, being able to offer our clients at Parve a direct line to ESG funding in the future is, is just really important for us too, because whatever your reason for doing ESG, um, you know, funding will come into it at some point and we're pretty, um, we're pretty, you know, practically minded. So we're pretty aware of that. We're speaking with Jim Allenby, Managing Director of Parvate. One, I'm going to ask you, I didn't, a very simple one. Where does the name come from? Yeah, I get asked that a lot, actually. It's, oh, sorry about that. No, no. It's, sorry it's to good. be boring, Jim. No, it's not boring. It's um, <laughs> the, the point of it was, if if you ever run out of something to say, you can talk about the name of the company. So luckily, I'm not in a position. <laughs> yeah. I've got plenty more. Yeah, I'm not in a position where I usually <laughs> run out of things to say, but um, just make things up if I don't know. But, <laughs> oh, don't. No, so Parvate is a mixture of partnership and cultivate. It also is Sanskrit for on the hill. So I went through a great process with a friend of mine, uh, Franklin Lowe down in the city at, at Catalyze. And, and he sort of spent half a day with me going through what we're trying to do as a business and, you know, our values and our, you know, our why and all this sort of the things that you do at the start. And, um, we just came out with Parve as a, as a mixture of partnership, which is a huge part of what we're trying to do and cultivate is one of my favorite words. So it's, um, you know, we're, we're trying to grow something and trying to really build build something meaningful. So that's, you know, that's the story behind that one. Uh, may I ask, uh, it says here, the India experience. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah. Well, myself and David Izzard, the chairman of, of Parvate, um, in I think March and April this year, we went over to, to India and, and the backstory was I, I went to India on a number of tours as a cricketer. Absolutely loved it. Loved the Indian people. Have a lot of very good friends there and, um, been meaning to go back for about 10 years. Then obviously COVID happened and we were traveling to Sydney for, for some client meetings and I just thought, you know, we just have to do this. Uh, I've got a lot of friends there. Uh, a good friend of mine was playing in the IPL. Uh, he was in Mumbai and I just thought, well, if I don't book it, I'm not going to go. I'm going to find an excuse not to go. So that day I booked my flights, said to David, these are the flights I'm on if you want to come. Uh, the next day he booked his and we went there just to, just to experiment and experience what was happening. Um, it's a huge market. It's a huge country, uh, obviously with the, you know, China uh, and various parts of the world, we, we need to diversify away from China only. So as, as business people, we knew, you know, India is a huge opportunity going forward. Um, and my history in cricket gave me some fairly, um, good avenues into, to hire up. So we went there for, for two weeks and, um, just met as many people as we could and using cricket as the sort of catalyst for relationships. Uh, we, we've managed to execute, I think it's now four MOUs with, with different Indian companies to, to do business back and forth between India and Australia. Um, a lot of it in sustainability and ESG, but it's not only that, it's a few other things we've got going on as well, which we're excited about and maybe a chat for another day, but, um, 
we're working with some great firms in in India to to bolster their ESG capabilities in a in a hugely uh, progressive market and a really ambitious market to get their sustainability criteria right. Yeah, well, you, you've spoken about it, and for those that don't know, you're a, a very good cricketer in your own right. And then, in more recent times, I've gone into the coaching realm. In fact, you've been doing it for a while now. And you've unearthed one of the great short form cricketers. Uh, that's fast developing, but you've also not only is he a great cricketer, he's now a staff member. You've got him on board, Nick Hobson, who, for those who uh, would be aware, he was the hero, along with uh, Cooper Connolly, uh, to claim the Big Bash title for the Perth Scorchers. That must give you, must have given you great, great heart. And he really did rise to prominence. And he's a he's a wonderful young man. And he does some good things on the cricket field. But he's now doing good stuff for Parvate. Yeah, he is. He's um he's one of the the great blokes you'll ever meet. And, um, I think it's a bit over the top for him to keep replaying the highlights every day when he comes in the office. But, um, no, he's very, very humble. Wearing his orange helmet when he comes in. Yeah, that's, really that's a bit much. Bit that's a giveaway. But no, he, he's a very, he's a very good man and, um, very humble. So he doesn't do that probably enough, but no, he's, um, he's doing great things with Parve. He's old Tobo. He's just turned 29. Yeah. Do you reckon he's about 49 in real terms? Oh, uh, I think his behaviors is probably about 60. His body, <laughs> his body is probably 40 and he's, um, no, he's. I saw him walking the dog in the park with his beautiful bride, uh, and then I saw him in Bunnings. But I reckon two days apart. I thought, mate, seriously. Well, he, he loves he loves that in spreadsheets. I think they're his three passions. Uh, Bunnings walking, catching the catching the bus to work. He's a great bus catcher, and he br- makes his lunch. Yep, he's uh, he's a throwback um, to a to an era gone by. But no, he, he's um, he's the voice of reason in the office. You know, we have a lot of uh, grand schemes and grand ideas. David, David is that and myself and, and Nick certainly looks at him from a, uh, with a bit more of a sharp, sharpened red pen. Um, he actually has a nickname red pen in the office cause he, he considers the downside of things whereas we only consider the upside. No, it's one of the great, uh, you know, one of the most uh, proud I've been is watching him hit those winning runs in that final. I was there with my dad and my son sitting in front of the Hobsons, um, the rest of the family. So for, to, to experience and, and to know what he's gone through to get to that point, working with him for, you know, pretty much a decade down, he's had a lot of setbacks with injuries and things and, and frankly, just being unlucky, uh, across a great era in WA cricket. So to be able to bring him in the office, help him live his cricket dream. He knows he's got flexibility cause I'm his coach as well. So if he needs to go off to a tournament, he's been, he's been away this week in Brisbane. Um, and we'll always offer him that flexibility and we'll just keep him as long as we can because he's destined for some very, very big things. Uh, outside of cricket as well as I think inside of cricket. And um, we just couldn't have, I guess, scaled the way we had without his sort of his attitude and his approach. So no, we've, um, you know, we couldn't have asked for any more. Can we ask the, the link between cricket, sport, ESG, uh, sustainability? And you talked about India and the like, and we talk about Hobo and we talk about, and your background in sport, how do you bring them all together? Yeah, it's, um, it's something right from the start. Parvate started as a community engagement type business, going into the bush, doing sport in, um, you know, mining towns, FIFO workers, things like that. So sport's always been through the business. Um, we're very passionate about, about sport, but I think my, my passion is about high performance, um, and getting better and constant improvement. And I just think ESG and sustainability is, it's all about constant improvement. It's, you never finished, you never, um, you've never sort of achieved everything you need to achieve. We need to just keep, keep getting better. And I, I think high performance sport when done correctly, um, is about constant improvement. And, and that's where, whether that's people talk about being process driven rather than outcome driven, th- things like that, these words that are thrown around. But I think if you can just get better every day, then 
generally it's going to go quite well. And I think that's the approach with, with ESG and sustainability is, you know, it's just about improvement. It's about setting goals, achieving those goals and getting better each day. And, um, I don't know any sportsmen who haven't improved by doing that or, or achieved what they wanted to by doing that. And, and that's why I love still being in high performance sport with the guys I coach because the mindset's very similar. It's, um, whether you win a gold medal or score a hundred in a test match or whatever it is, you still need to rock up the next day and get better because, because everyone else is. And I think if we can take that approach into ESG, that's, that's probably a good approach, um, in a, in a burgeoning market in a, in a beginning of a market of, of something that's going to only get bigger. If performance keeps improving, then I think we're all going to be okay. For those who are listening to the podcast, what sort of companies should be coming to you? I think, um, well, clearly from my, uh, from my BD side of things, everyone, but no, I think realistically we're, we're not looking at, um, the big end of town. We're not looking to compete with the big four. That's just not our, our market. We, we love companies that are trying to improve and try and get better. They want to understand what ESG is and they want to use it for improvement. So the, the juniors and the explorers has been, you know, our, our niche here in West Perth. Um, we have spread over into the Eastern States and we're doing a bit more with transport, a bit more with agriculture. Uh, quite a bit, quite a few tech type companies. And then our work over in India and Singapore has opened the market up to quite literally everything. So I think if I was to just single a, a sector out, it's probably companies that are wanting to get started in ESG. It's, it doesn't have to be very expensive and take all your time up at the start and in a, in a environment in a world where everyone's so busy and they want an outcome fairly quick. We've, you know, deliberately made our services aligned to that and you know, you get to the rest of it a bit later on. It's, you know, it's, it's not all for right now, but I think getting started is just so important to give you a chance in the long term. And you also don't want to be get left behind because that, and then you get, otherwise you chase your tail. And, and as you talked about earlier, I mean, this space is only going to get more difficult, uh, more complex. I mean, you've got to educate yourself and your crew have to educate yourself because it's forever changing. Can I ask you about the, the cultural issues, you know, we're seeing now up in mining and we're seeing where small cap companies are trying to get in and they've got to understand the, the, the cultural ramifications of it all. Is that part of your area? Yeah, it is. It's a big part of ESG and certainly the social side. And I think, um, it, it's really important to not give advice on this unless you know what you're talking about. I think that's probably true on most things, but, um, particularly things like, like culture, it's, there's a lot of throwaway terms and there's a lot of people who have read quotes on the internet that are about culture. And I think unless you're going to go into the detail of it, it's, it's important to seek pretty expert and specific advice. So we, we have partners who are, who are leaders in, in cultural, um, different cultural aspects, whether that's company culture or obviously, you know, regional culture and, and geographical culture. So yes, we, we do a lot of that. It, it's just a part of doing business now in mining. You, you need to be just so across it and it, and it's, it's getting more streamlined. But once again, our advice is always, if you can show willingness and go up there and add something to the environment you're working within, you're probably going to find you get a bit of an easier ride when the, when the lawyers do get involved. So proactively looking after people is, has rarely gone wrong. Alrighty. Uh, in a moment, we're going to get you to, to wrap up in regards to Parva ESG and going forward where you want to be. Uh, let's see the quick, quiet, personal questions. What's your coffee of choice? First thing in the morning, uh, long Mac. Okay. How many a day would you knock off? Depends on the kids, really. I'm, I'm sure you hear that a lot, but I, I try and keep it to under 30. No, I try and keep it to um, two, maximum three, but it just depends how the day is going. Sometimes uh, it's a perfect world. Yeah, all right. Our work-life balance, you got it right? Yeah, I really have. I think um, I, I love my work. I love achieving things. I have an unbelievably supportive family. 
Um, and I am very busy, but I'd love being busy because it's just such a new and exciting, um, industry, uh, trying to add coaching in is becoming challenging, but, um, I, I'm just absolutely loving how things are going. Eh? Yeah. Your cricket coaching is big. Uh, what are you, what are you? Uh, cricket's obviously a massive part of your life journey and still is, but just tell us about, about passions away from, from Parvate and, and lights. What, what, what things keep you interested? I, I, lo- I genuinely love my family. I think I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in the minority of, I, I don't complain about them. I just love every moment I spend with them and, um, spending time with my kids and watching them grow up is just, is, there's nothing better for anyone who is a parent. Um, I've got a fantastic wife. I'm very close to my parents. Luckily they live in yelling up. So when I get the chance, um, it's a very good away game down to yelling up and I've really become a lot more passionate again about traveling. It's, it's something having done it so long as, as a sports person, I kind of got over it a bit, but you know, the last year or so since COVID restrictions are lifted. I've started traveling more with work and I'm just quite keen to, to go to a few more places now. So yeah, that's quite a few passions already. Um, came third in a golf day yesterday. Nice. So plenty of, plenty of work to go there. No, I, I'm not a member anywhere anymore. I was at, um, I was at Mosman Park and then, and Fremantle and then a few courses in the UK in Cardiff. But, um, now I'm a, I'm a lone ranger who just loves band days. Where you play off? Play off nine at the moment. Oh, uh, nice. got down to two at one point. Nice. That was before kids. Uh, since kids, I think everyone, I don't think anyone's handicap's gone down after they had kids. If they have, I'm uh, concerned about their work-life balance. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you were to walk into this office and I was to say, Jim, there's a big outline pen, write me your work motto. What do you work by? I think just getting better. I think I touched on it before. Just, you just got to improve each day uh, that, and that's it. And if you know, you have bad days, you have good days, but as long as you, as long as you're getting better or trying to improve, then you know, the, the bad days don't really seem that bad. Footy team of choice? Uh, none of them. Absolutely no interest in football. I uh, didn't watch a game in 20 years and came back and, and watched the current modern day Eagles. So um, I think I'm a little bit scarred. <laughs> Where does Parve 8 ESG go from here? I just It just gets bigger, I think. And you, you mentioned it before and it was a great point. It's not scaling too quickly. We, we just continue to gain great partnerships and we've just executed two more partnerships in the last two weeks. Uh, we want to work with great people and, and that's how we're going to expand uh, as well as our own internal staff. But, you know, WA is great. It's going really well. We've had some great stuff over in Sydney and Melbourne uh, and now in India and Singapore. So I'd love to see us doing more overseas. I think it's just so exciting and, and back to that sort of passion in traveling. So I think we're going to expand sideways and, and upwards in terms of geographically. And, and I think, you know, we're ready to do it. So I just, you know, it's an exciting few years, Ed. It sounds like it, Jimmy. You're always good to be around, mate, whether it be in this studio, wherever you are, you, you command the room with your passion, your love. And I just love the way you speak about your family, mate. I think it's absolutely uh, fantastic. And I know a lot of people would uh, derive a lot of uh, benefit from having that same attitude. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Barry. Another episode of ASX Market Goss. We love your feedback. Don't forget, you can make a comment. You can like us, share us, tell your colleagues, counterparts, community about us and about what this is about because it really is a blank canvas and we could be going anywhere in the future. And whatever platform you're listening on, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, RSS.com, let everyone know. As I mentioned, we want your feedback. So we're going to keep an ear and an eye out for the next episode. Until then, we will keep digging to find out more guests to chat with about their ASX market journey. And Jim Allenby, Managing Director of Parvate ESG, has been our guest today, and I've enjoyed the chat, and I hope you have too. Jim, thanks for coming in. The content of this podcast is intended to be general in nature and is not personal financial product advice. It does not address the circumstances of any individual or entity. 
You should not construe any of this information or other part of the material as legal, tax, investment, financial or other professional advice. ASX Market Goss and its employees are not financial advisors. You should consider seeking independent legal, financial, taxation or other advice to check how any information relates to your unique circumstances. Nothing contained in this podcast constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement or offer by ASX Market Goss or any third party to buy or sell any securities or other financial instruments in this or any other jurisdiction in which such solicitation or offer would be unlawful under securities laws of such jurisdiction.